Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the start of a new week. Welcome to National Championship Monday. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Looking for a place to watch the National Championship game tonight? That would be the spot. You can get in on the action. You can watch the game on like 139 televisions. Uh, you can uh, you can bet it interactively during the game at those crystal terminals. Uh, you can get good food, good drink, the whole deal. They got you covered at the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino, part of Pearl River Resort. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, 601-879-4395. Ceasefire, customer inspired. I have no idea where we should begin today. Go Washington. We got the national championship game tonight. NFL playoffs are set. Mississippi State on the road at South Carolina. Ouch. Ole Miss on the road at Tennessee. Big ouch. James Madison at Southern Miss. Sorry, Kelso. Ouch for Kelso. Yeah, transfer portal news. PGA season underway in Hawaii. That was awesome rewatching the final round of that last night. I know not everybody's cup of tea. I love it. It's nasty here. It's warm and beautiful there. Or we could start with the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, your FCS national champions. Uh, by the way, ESPN, what the heck are you doing with your scheduling of that game? Why did you bury that? the way you did instead of having it be the lead into the Saturday afternoon NFL game. You you own the game. It is your property. You own it. Why did you why why don't you put it on its own on Saturday as a lead into the NFL games by itself? You would get more people to watch. Instead you competed with NFL games. College big time college football loses to NFL games. You're certainly gonna lose the FCS National Championship to NFL games, it's a bad decision from the worldwide leader. Yeah, but suits at ESPN aside, let's just talk a little bit about the Jackrabbits winning their second consecutive national championship. It was on ABC. It was there for you to be consumed. There was a great crowd in Frisco, Texas. It was really cool. 
I mean, packed house in Frisco. You like my sweatshirt? Is that not a cool logo? It's such logo? a cool logo. Oh, hey, Dad, did you happen to watch the FCS championship game yesterday? It was South Dakota not State. Not a snap, but I kept Grizz up with it. of Montana. I felt good at 10 to 3. I was like, all right, let's see what's going on here. Nah, got away from me there. So Set 7 to 3 at the Wait. half. What's your What's your Venmo? You just want to put it out there in public for everybody? Uh, I'm not. I mean, or would you rather me hand deliver a Chris Pundy to you the next time I see you? When are we going to see each other again? I like Benjamins. I don't know. I don't know when our next uh, our next get together is going to be, but I'll be happy to bring you one. Eh, we'll figure something out. Send it in the mail. All right. Yeah, I've that's just what we need. We ju- we need a checks yeah. in the mail. That's exactly <laughs> what we need. Oh, Check. good to be with you this afternoon. Do a uh, uh, Visa card, like one of those, just one time. Which is what I'm. I'm going to start buying stuff on DHgate and uh, what's the other app, Timu? But I, I don't trust them to not steal my stuff, so I'm just going to start buying like those little Visa cards. Put twenty bucks on it. I'm going to buy something for nineteen fifty, uh, and and use it that way. So this Chinese factory doesn't steal my info. Mm. Yeah, there's. Uh, I haven't learned enough about them yet. I, I I discovered that Timu was a thing like a week ago, and then I searched for an item yesterday online, and I got all these Timu um, like ad placement websites. Go figure. Dwayne, I cannot tell you how wrong you are. Dwayne on the ceasefire text line says, I bet Richard will never wear that hoodie again after today. It will be Obie's. I will have you know that Obie has his own Jackrabbit's hoodie. He does not need mine. He will not be getting a hand-me-down. I love this logo. I've worn it before, and I will continue to wear it. Um, It's just a cool logo. I mean, it has nothing to do with, like... Oh, I like San Diego State. It's just a cool logo. Uh, South, some South Dakota State. South Dakota State. What did South, I say? South Dakota San Diego, State. which also San has a Diego. cool logo. I did it one time during the broadcast as oh, well. Oh, no. When I was calling the game, oh, I, all week long as I was getting ready for that game, I kept writing SDSU, and it's like the only SDSU I've known in my life was right, San Diego yeah. State. <sighs> and at one point, I said something about San Diego. I was like, I beg your pardon? South Dakota State. I knew I was going to do that at some point. Outside the weather, I'm not sure why anybody would pick San Diego over Brookings, but hey, here we are. I, I just went with it. Yes, South Dakota yeah. State. Dwayne also says I should just send you a Bitcoin. I owe you 100 bucks, not 47000 <laughs> A fraction of a Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. uh, Dwayne says, uh, getting hit. so yeah, I, I loaded up on Jackrabbit gear. Uh, Ava Montgomery got a uh, a black hoodie with a jackrabbit on it. Obi got one in royal blue. They didn't have the right size of the big logo, so his has kind of like a little logo up kind of around the shoulder. And then no hoodies in the size of Francis that look decent, so she got a little jackrabbit stuffed animal. She carried it around constantly for like three days, and now one the dog has chewed one of the ears off, and <laughs> it's like a, a one-eared jackrabbit <laughs> now. Nice. Uh, Poor guy. Had a short-lived yeah. Uh, career. Yeah. What a weekend. And uh, we got a national championship game tonight between Washington and Michigan. Who's going to win that game? Michigan. Oh, Michigan's going to win, aren't they? But here's the thing. Make us all happy. How, how often have we counted out, and by we, not us, because we, to our credit, which, you know, it's worth what it's worth, we spent the entire summer looking at Washington like, hey, out of the Pac-12 
Look at those guys. Like, that's a playoff team. That's a title contender in Washington. There's up there in Seattle and nobody's talking about him. You should. So, we bought into Washington early, but they played Oregon at home. They were an underdog. Nobody believed in Washington's ability to beat Oregon. Then they had a couple of struggles down the stretch. They found ways to win, which is what good teams do. But they struggled a little bit, and people were uninspired by how Washington looked. And so, again, when they came to the Pac-12 championship, ah, Oregon's going to win this one for sure. I mean, Oregon was a big favorite. Washington's Mm -hmm. not playing well lately. And they win. And then they go to New Orleans, where they are the road team, uh, essentially. Uh, I mean, uh, what was it? Dellinger said that it was a Texas home game, basically, when it comes to crowd. Yeah, there's no essentially, too. That was like an 80-20 crowd, 70-30 at best. And they blitz Texas. I mean, just throw the ball all over the yard. This Texas team that beat Alabama, that everybody was doing the weird back stuff, and they just lined up and they whooped them. And here we are again, and hand up, I think Michigan's going to win the game, doubting Washington. I mean, they're they're not a big underdog, but for a championship game, the the, the line's, what, five and a half? Yeah. So, so it's a five and a half point line. People are just doubting Washington again. Harbaugh's going to win a championship and ride off into the sunset to the NFL. Count Washington out at your own peril at this point. Hey, Dad, do you like this? Cross, if you'll give 14 and a half, I'll take Washington. I'll bet you $200 so I can give Hey, Dad back his hundred. Yeah, I'll do that. Yes, I, I will not. What's interesting be about this game to me? Laying fourteen is, and a half. I think Michigan's the much better team, but Washington has the best player. Penix is the best player on the field tonight. He's 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 the guy who can make things happen. So it, it's a very very interesting game because sometimes having the best player, especially when the best player is a quarterback. I mean, if it's a left tackle, there's only so much he can do, but. A quarterback who's the best player on the team can make things happen. And those receivers, Michigan has not played an offense. And, and yes, I know they played Ohio State. I, I understand that. But Penix, greater than McCord, five times over. Um, they haven't seen a quarterback with these weapons just yet, has Michigan. They haven't seen this yet. No, they have not. I mean, they got, they got Rutgers, and they got... Iowa, Penn State. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, Ed, to your point, I would argue that not only does Washington have the best player on the field, I would argue they have the best two players on the field. I, I would I would rate Roma Dunze above Blake Corm. I think Blake Corm's really, really good. And that overtime run that he had, I mean – grown man run of the football to give Michigan the touchdown in overtime that ultimately was the game winner against Alabama. Blake Corm's numbers this year have not been nearly as good as they were a year ago. There can be a lot of reasons for that. I keep hearing people talking about J.J. McCarthy as a first-round NFL quarterback, and look, maybe I'm wrong about that. I just Meanwhile, Michael Penix has a third-round grade. Please, please. Drop into the third round to New Orleans. Drop to 14. Please. That's all I need. 14. To, to me, the key the key is simple tonight. You watched the first half of Michigan-Alabama. You remember what happened? Michigan sacked Jalen Milrow, who is far more mobile than Michael Penix Jr., five times in the first half. The Washington offensive line won the Joe Moore Award this year for the best offensive line in college football. If that offensive line gives Michael Penix time to throw, 
Washington's winning the football game. Mark it down. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Are we going to do this? Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and of course on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. This is your six for Michael Penix Jr. in college football. Four years at Indiana and a career that has been plagued by injury. Pair of ACL surgeries, one on each knee, labrum on the, the, the shoulder deal. And after the 2021 season, he left Indiana. And he went to Washington. And he did so without just a, it wasn't just a ton of fanfare. That coincided with the arrival of Kalen DeBoer, new head coach at Washington. And you want to talk about a match made in heaven. Kalen DeBoer is the head coach. Offensive co- coordinator, Ryan Grubb, is that right? Or a- Alex Grubb? What, Ryan Grubb? I'm just making Ryan. Ryan. Ryan Grubb who you remember this past offseason turned down the opportunity to join Nick Saban as the uh, offensive coordinator at Alabama. I read a really interesting article today. Kalen DeBoer makes $4.5 million, or $4.25 million, something like that, as the head coach at Washington. They bumped Ryan Grubb's salary to $2 million. In terms of a coordinator... As a percentage salary of the head coach, it's the biggest in the country. He's just shy of 50% of the amount of money that Kalen DeBoer makes as the head coach. And if you look at Michigan on the other side, Sharon Moore, the offensive coordinator at Michigan, he makes 18% of what Jim Harbaugh makes as the uh, the head coach of the Maize and Blue. But these two years at Washington... When I say match made in heaven for Michael Penix, last year he completed 65% of his passes for 4,641 yards with 31 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. This year, 66.7, 4,648 yards, 35 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. It's like a carbon copy year over year. With a big game tonight, Michael Penix will go over 5,000 yards for the season. And unlike the NFL, postseason stats in college football count in your final stats. 4,650 yards, 35 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. And he is incredibly accurate. And people are having the, should we wait until after the postseason to determine who wins the Heisman debate. Oh, stop. I don't Whatever. like that, frankly. I, I think that it's a regular season award, and Daniels had a better regular season than Penix. And he wasn't given the opportunity, which is not his fault, to beat up on Texas and throw for a billion yards against Texas. So I, I can't stand that debate. I was reading in The Athletic about how we need to change the way we vote for the Heisman. I completely disagree. I thought they got it right. It's just Penix has shined when... 
the rest of his team has been able to elevate them to the level of the playoff where Daniels' team couldn't. I might argue that if you're a Heisman voter, your Heisman vote has to be in before the championship games begin, the conference championship games begin, that it is a regular season award. I heard people go, no, no if, you've, if you've played yourself to a conference championship game, you've earned the right for an extra data point. It's, it's making the regular season award. When the regular season ends, all votes have to be turned in, and then we get the postseason. I mean, if you want to do like a Heisman 2.0, you can give a postseason Heisman also. That's what they do in the NFL. But I just, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter. But he's been exceptional. And uh, I'm telling the, the more people count him out, the more I, I'm, I'm hoping. I, I've got this like wishful thinking that, that Washington is going to just end all of this for for Michigan. I mean, I've I've been a hater all season. I, my hate is going to go through the through the night tonight, and even after Harbaugh leaves them tomorrow for the NFL. Which, by the way, have you seen the press conferences the last couple of days? He's not even hiding it. I mean, he was even asked and answered a question of what's your farewell message to the team going to be? <laughs> like he, I, did, I thought that was the most well crafted question of any that he's been asked since all yeah. season long. Mm-hmm. And he answered. In, in the event that this is your last game as the head coach at Michigan, what will your farewell message be to the team, or what will your final message? I, I don't know if farewell was the word that was used, or if it was you know final message to the team. Uh, well, I thought it was a very well crafted question that that merited an answer, and Harbaugh gave kind of an interesting answer. Yeah, you know, you know, not about me. Go out and play the best you can. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Somebody on the text line, I don't think this is what I said a second ago. When we were going to the break, I made reference to the fact that Jalen Milrow was sacked five times in the first half by the Michigan defensive line, defensive defense, and that he is far more mobile than Michael Penix. And somebody said Milrow is not five times more agile than Penix. You must be smoking the devil's lettuce. Well, I, I, well, first of all, about, I don't... Uh, marijuana? I, I, I think that's what he's talking about. I, I said far more mobile. I did not say five times more agile. I think you can go back and check the tape on that. Maybe I'm wrong. And, yes, Jalen Milrow is more mobile and is more athletic than Michael Penix. By an exponent of whatever number you want to assign to it. You want to make it five? You want to make it 50? It's not even close. Now, Michael Penix moves well in the pocket. He does a nice job avoiding pressure with subtle movement in the pocket. But if you think Michael Penix is more mobile or is a better athlete than Jalen Milrow, perhaps you are the one smoking the devil's lettuce, as you say. Or maybe you just haven't been watching. I don't know. It's not even close. No, it, it's not. Totally different quarterback. Did, did did a former offensive coordinator at Washington try to convince Michael Penix to be a running back? You, 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 no, of no. course not. Now, was that the right decision yeah. for Jalen Miller? Penix was not a dual-threat quarterback. He's not. You wouldn't describe him as that. He, he is a, But he has mobility. This person is arguing with us about that. He said, I just think he is equal. No, he's not equal. 
Did you watch Washington play? Did you watch Alabama play this year at all? Jalen Milrow was arguably the best athlete on the field in every game that Alabama played this year. I'm not saying he was, arguably, though. But you're talking, you're not, you're arguing different points with yourself. Milrow got destroyed against Michigan. Let's see what Penix does. That was never the point. My point was. If Washington's offensive line is good enough to give Michael Penix time, then Washington's got a great chance to win this game. Am I crazy for that? Penix Penix rushed for 13 yards this year. He rushed for 270 in his career. Milrow rushed for 531 yards this year. Yeah. I mean, they're not equal in terms of their ability to run the football. Of course, Penix has had two ACL surgeries as well. So true. Same that's leg fine. too, right? Yeah, I believe that's correct. But no, man. no, no, both knees. Oh, it was both, both knees. knees? Oh, yeah, he said he said ACL. I, ooh, I think now but, you got me questioning. But that. the the accuracy in which he delivered deep balls against Texas was something that Milrow cannot do. Just there's a. I mean, how many guys in college football can? pinpoint accurately throw the football down the field with pace, with touch, with timing, the way he did in the Sugar Bowl, I'd argue there's like one and a half more. Caleb Williams, when he's locked in, and Daniels at LSU are the only two guys that I've seen distribute the football like that at all in college football. Mike says it's the right knee only. It was the right knee twice. So you guys may be right on that. For some reason, I was thinking I was watching a, that they said both knees, and then it was the it was the left shoulder, right? It was the throwing shoulder. Anyway. So his delivery, not- by the way, some really smart guy with uh, with a video editing software, because there's been some conversation about Penix, just his delivery looks off. Like, it just looks off. It looks off. This guy just flipped the video to make it look like he was throwing with his right arm, and it's perfect. <laughs> he said, you guys are just looking at it because he's a lefty. He flipped the tape, and the kid looks absolutely perfect throwing the football. Yeah. Our friend on the text line, and I appreciate the engagement, he goes, sorry, guys, I just think I would take Penix over Milrow. So would I. Everybody would. That's not yes. what we're saying. But, but we're that's just saying Milrow's a better runner. Yes. Nick Fitzgerald's a better runner than Dak Prescott. Who would I take? Hmm. Yeah. Right. What are we doing here? <laughs> uh, I, I, like, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what we're doing. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and the Pearl River Resort Studio. We're back with you right after this. Hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? what? This is so awesome on Super Talk Mississippi. Come on, 
Talk Mississippi with you. Hope you had a great weekend. Glad to be with you on this Monday alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. Uh, not exactly ideal to have a tornado watch in Houston, Texas on the night of the national championship game, but that is where we are. Tornado watch. Had a monsoon last year. Yeah. In California. It's not supposed to do that in Southern California, is it? Uh, no, that place or Tiger Stadium. Chance of rain, never. Never. It's Tornado just, watch until 9 o'clock tonight. It's just it's killing the Boar's offense, getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. So there, there's that debate today. I heard it on some of the national shows, and you know the, the takesmen on there are doing their thing. I, I think it's more nuanced than that, but most people are incapable of understanding or appreciating nuance, and that's okay. However... If Michigan wins tonight, is the title quote-unquote tainted at all in your view? Will you look at this Michigan team as champion of college football differently than you did Georgia last year, for example? Probably not. I mean, if they win the game tonight and they are handed a trophy when it's all said and done, then they're the national champions. Like, I saw it with my own eyes. They were better than everybody else. Could they be stripped of the title? Sure. I still saw them win it on the field. Kind of like Memphis in the Final Four and playing in the championship game against Kansas. They had to take the Final Four banner down at, at FedEx for them. But I'm pretty sure it happened. Like, I remember watching Memphis miss those free throws down the stretch against Kansas that opened the door for Kansas to come back and win the game. I, I mean... Do I think an asterisk needs to be assigned to Michigan's name if they win this? No. Will I always remember that Michigan was a bunch of cheating bleeps? Sure. But they still won it. And if I'm a Michigan fan, I sure don't care. Oh, yeah. That's basically the conclusion that I've come to. I mean, after they got caught. So they had no sign-stealing whatsoever. They had no advantage because there was a a, a clear heads-up where they beat an undefeated Ohio State, they beat Alabama, and then they would have beaten an undefeated Washington. After the advantage that, however great or small the advantage was, was taken away from them, they were good enough to win those three games in a row. That's your national champion. But I won't respect it the way I respected Georgia. If Michigan wins tomorrow, I'm not going to have nice things to say about Michigan football. I'm not going to respect them the way... I mean, even the goofiness that was Georgia players, y'all thought we were going 7-5. and five. Well, nobody did, you, you clowns. But good on Kirby Smart for getting you to think that people thought that you were going to go 7-5 and five last year. I won't feel good about Michigan. I won't respect them at all. They, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve anybody's respect or admiration. ESPN is going to run puff pieces about them leading up to the game, and I'm going to roll my eyes watching it. They're going to talk about adversity after the game, and guys are going to be crying, oh, we've been through so much, and it's all your fault that you've been through it. I don't want to hear it. And, and Harbaugh's leaving, and you guys are going to take a step back, and I'm going to enjoy that very, very much. If Washington wins, it's going to be the opposite. Heck of a run, great team, fascinating story being the last year of the Pac-12, getting a national champion, Penix is great, DeBoer's the next rising star in college football, glowing things to say about Washington, nothing but respect. I will continue to be a hater if Michigan wins, but I will also acknowledge the fact that they are the deserved national champion because of who they beat to get to this point.
Brad and Jackson, what happened to winners never cheat and cheaters never win? Brad, that statement is erroneous. Erroneous. Yeah. Winners cheat all the time. Yes. Literally all the time, winners cheat. Tom in Brady. all facets of life. Not just in sports. In, yeah. Yeah. And then the other side of that, cheaters never win. Uh, well, Exhibit A is going to be the Michigan Wolverines. And Tom Brady. Wait. Hold on. Where did where did Tom Brady go? To? Oh, that's yeah, right. He went to Michigan. Interesting. And then, I mean, uh, Exhibit B, <laughs> the Houston Astros. Just, yeah. Are we really sure the sign stealing is really over? If Ohio State and Alabama and now Washington were not prepared to have their signs compromised, that's their fault at this point. That's absolutely their fault at this point. Uh, you guys are making me proud. You're starting to sound like some Buckeye fans, says Buckeye Steve. Borky will hate that. Hey, I've got uh, I've got family ties and stuff. I, I don't hate Ohio State. I just think their fans are cockroaches. Um, <laughs> my uh, in the most complimentary way possible. They're just everywhere. They are literally everywhere. They're uh, everywhere, and you can't make them go away. You can't make them go away. <laughs> I don't hate them. I just think their fans are like plague rats. I mean, they're just, <laughs> just disgusting. Yeah, my, my sister-in-law is a Buckeye. She grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Did not go to school there. She actually went to school at BYU. Not a Mormon. Played softball there. Um, but she texted me last night. She's like, hey, are, are the Buckeyes really going to get Quinchon Judkins? It's like, I don't know. Maybe. Good luck. Now, if they do, and, and Henderson doesn't leave. That's go- a pretty good one-two punch in the backfield. Uh, paired with... Howard and Split Veer. Seriously, just just call up Kenny Amatololo. He just got hired what by UCLA. Just say, hey Ken. Call up Herman Boone. He runs six plays. Uh, even go. offensive coordinator. Come on up to Columbus. Tell me how that worked. Hmm. I don't know. And Amatololo. I mean, it's all packed in tight. You need to give those guys space. Yeah, true. Spread it out and. You got weapons enough that people are going to have to respect that on the outside, too. I mean, that could be a eh, pretty good. Even Ryan Day couldn't screw up that backfield. No, let's not go crazy. Although, yeah, he'll find a way. C.J. Stroud's making Ryan Day look better and better every day. I mean, there was that narrative about Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. Ryan Day shows up, he sends a rookie to the NFL, and boom, look at him. Yeah, just looking at the quarterback matchups... In the first round of the NFL playoffs, the wild card round coming up this week, I couldn't help but stop and look and go, Houston, CJ Stroud, what if Houston beats Cleveland in the wild card round? Home game for Houston. And big, big week in HTX. Yeah. Um, so, so Houston beats Cleveland, and then we get Lamar and CJ Stroud on the same, uh, same field in the division round. That, that could be fun. Yeah. That could be really fun. I love that first quarterback matchup, too, by the way. You get, uh, I think Flacco will be 39 by that game. If not, he will be turning 39 a, a few days after the game. So you have fresh off the couch, you know, Grandpa Joe Flacco against the rookie in C.J. Stroud. I mean, two completely opposite stories. 
that are both pretty cool. Yeah. The um, final weekend of the regular season in the NFL has come and gone. It was a it was a pretty fun day. I mean, 13 of the 16 games yesterday had playoff implications. And all the way down to the very last game last night between Buffalo and Miami down in South Florida, um, I mean, kind of had you stuck into the very last play of the game, or at least the very last throw that Tua made. But, man, I know. You guys can roll your eyes. Oh, now Richard cares about the NFL. Well, yeah, check in like last weekend. College football is basically over. Now I've got room for another type of football on my plate. Yeah, and I mean, you, you had a lot of stuff yesterday. Oh, I mean, the the emotion of Derrick Henry saying goodbye, which, by the way, total class act is is Derrick Henry. Um, I mean, grabs the microphone after the game and and addresses the crowd that had remained. I mean, a, a lot of people filed out before he was able to do that. But then in the post game press conference, names and thanks every person in the building. And no, I'm not just talking about trainers and coaches. I'm talking he knew the names first and last of the custodial staff. Named everybody that worked for the Titans and thanked them all in his post game. I thought just a little thing like that goes such a long way. And uh, what a great example of, of just class Derrick Henry is. I'm curious to see where he ends up. But that was uh, that was a cool moment yesterday. Sports Talk Mississippi, fast first hour of the show. Don't forget we will to begin the 4 o'clock hour, about 15 minutes from right now. We'll have winners and losers. We'd love to get yours on the C Spire text line. We'll read some of those, and we'll give you our winners and losers from the weekend. Yes, I probably am the only one who will have a winner from the century. I'm guessing even Michael Borky didn't flip over to the Golf Channel this weekend and no. watch, uh, man, those guys are good. <laughs> Especially on a golf course that's gettable. Whoo! Um, but yeah, uh, there was actually really, really big golf news today that we will uh, work into the show at some point this afternoon as well. Sports Talk Mississippi, when we come back, we'll wrap up the first hour in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, you're going to take me home tonight. Oh, down beside that red firelight. Oh, you're going to let it all hang out. Fat bottom girls, you make the rocking world go round. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. The 2024 College Football Hall of Fame class has been announced. There's some names on here where you go, oh, wow. And then there's some names that are like, uh, who's that? Not, not, maybe just because it's been a long time since they played. Here's your list. Justin Blackman, wide receiver, Oklahoma State. Ooh, he was good. Paul Cameron, tailback at UCLA in the early 50s. Tim Couch, quarterback at Kentucky. Warwick Dunn, running back, Florida State. Really good. Oh, so good. 
Armonte Edwards, quarterback at Appalachian State, 2006 to 2009. Deion Figures, a corner at Colorado, late 80s, early 90s. Larry Fitzgerald, wide receiver, Pittsburgh. He was only at Pittsburgh for two years. Yeah. Was that a transfer deal, or was he just older and eligible as a result? I think, yeah, I guess he was just older. Yeah. I don't remember him being a transfer. Toby Gerhardt at Stanford, 06 to 09. Monster. Dan Hampton, defensive tackle at Arkansas, mid-70s. Steve Hutchinson, offensive lineman at Michigan, late 90s. Antonio Langham, cornerback, Alabama, 90 to 93. So good. Randy Moss, two years at Marshall, wide receiver. Julius Peppers, defensive end, North Carolina, 99-2000-2001. Dominant. Dominant. Paul Pozluzny, Pozluzny, I think. Pozluzny, yeah. Yeah, linebacker at Penn State, early, mid-2000s. The the way it's spelt versus how you say it just defies all rules of the English language, but that's okay. How about this name? Dewey Selman, nose guard at Oklahoma, 72 to 75. Who could forget? As, as the father of Zach Selman. That is correct. Um, Alex Smith. That's two out of three. That are in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. The oldest brother, Lucius, is not in the College Football Hall of Fame. Alex Smith at Utah, 02, 03, 04. Kevin Smith, cornerback at Texas A&M, late 80s. Chris Ward, offensive lineman, Ohio State in the mid 70s. And Danny Woodhead, the running back from Shadron State, Shadron State, yeah, in New England, yeah. Um, what about the coaches? Mark D'Antonio, Cincinnati and Michigan State. Danny Hale, Hale at Westchester and Bloomsburg in Pennsylvania. I'm just going to take your word on that one. 213 career. Don't wins. know anything about him. Yeah, Frank Solich. Nebraska and Ohio is I, I I think Frank Solich I mean ton of wins 173 wins long tenure mm-hmm. probably let go at Nebraska before he should have been is Frank mm-hmm. Solich a Hall of Famer uh, I mean he doesn't have a national title he has some conference titles yeah you know also I mean if you tell me his record he was Osborne's right-hand man for all those great teams. So, yeah, there's no question. So, so you're kind of giving him half credit or some you partial get, you credit. You get the whole for... resume in there. Yeah, I guess okay. so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, D'Antonio, kind of the same way. What, what has he done? Three conference championships. Solich has one. Yeah. Um. Solich Only one. Has... in the Mac. Do what? He didn't win any in the MAC. Ohio. No man. I'm just looking at this notes for the coaches. 25 conference championships total among the coaches inducted. Which that math doesn't really work. But they've got three for Dan. I mean, the other guy's got like 20 of them. Well, they've got Hale with 11. So again, the math doesn't work there. Yeah, Solich has never won the MAC. He's won the MAC East four times, but never the whole conference. So So his one conference championship came at Nebraska. Mm Mm-hmm. Year they played. Oh no, they didn't play for a national title that year. Ninety nine. Seventeen postseason appearances. Coach thirteen. First team All Americans. Uh, named national coach of the year. So a lot of a lot of accolades there for Frank Solich. Just and this is one of those things that gets me. You know, the college football 
Hall of Fame, they have their specific rules about what you have to do to get in. But if I say which of these four, well, I don't even remember the third guy, the 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 D two guy. My, my my apologies. Mark Denzel, if I say Danny which Hale of these, and Frank Solich. But if I say who, which of these three guys should be in the Hall of Fame, Frank Solich, Mark D'Antonio, or Mike Leach? Yeah. Who do you pick? But Leach can't get in because his winning percentage is like fifty nine point four. Right, and have a career sixty percent winning percentage uh-huh. to uh, get in. And there was some talk that the college football that would soften those rules yeah. might make an exception. You know, it would be cool. It may be a little cheesy, but I think it would be cool if a bunch of schools got together and vacated a win to get them over the edge. Just get a bunch of schools together. You don't even need a bunch enough. of schools. You just need one. It's really only one win? That's the difference? I vote for Ole Miss to give us the 21 Egg Bowl. But seriously, that that would be a really cool thing is if a school's like, hey, we'll vacate this win for, for Coach Leach. That would be cool. Won't happen, but... I was trying to think, did he ever coach against Texas Tech? Could Texas Tech vacate a win? As, he as did. Like the Liberty Bowl. Oh, there you go. And... Mm. Mm, from the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs> Our Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us on this Monday afternoon, the 8th of January, 2024, alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borkey. I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Kind of yucky outside today. Not sure that today is the day to be on the golf course, but those days are coming so very soon. You can book your tee time in advance to good weather. DancingRabbitGolf.com. Give them a call and uh, plan your trip today. Dancing Rabbit Golf, part of Pearl River Resort. Ceasefire text line open 601-879-4395. Ceasefire, customer inspired. I do need to... Um, I do need to uh, correct something that I said a moment ago when we were talking about Shadron State, and I said Shadron State in New England. Nope. Nope. Uh, Mark in Gulfport pointed out to me, he said, Shadron State, Nebraska, Richard, New England is not a state. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. I think I was referring to it as in like a region of the country because somebody, it, it had parentheses, N-E. I was thinking about that. Uh, no, but yeah, you're right. My bad. So there we go. Uh, winners and losers? All I, all I, all I do is win. And will not tolerate a loser. Win, I never win. 
What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? How about Ceasefire text line for a winner in my book? Hey, Dad, I'm an Ole Miss fan and an alum. I wouldn't mind vacating a win for Leach, but it would have to be the 08 Cotton Bowl, not the Egg Bowl. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Why we got why, why we got to hate on Houston day all night? Well, I mean, he's lost him? so much. I mean, what what difference would one more make? Mm. Yeah. Hey, Dad, start us off with a winner. Jameis Winston, famous Jameis. I've seen the text line talking about it a lot. Let me tell you something right now. Your rival is your rival for a reason. All right, treat them like the garbage they are. And if the Falcons don't like it, well, they can whine about it. I'm sure Arthur Smith will be really excited in his next, you know, meeting at FedEx when he's a shift supervisor at the Germantown location next week because that's the only job his dad can get him now. I have no problems with what Jameis Winston did. Great teammate. Every one of the Saints has on his hit taken to Twitter and said, "This is why we love him. This is why he's great." I think he's. I think he's come full circle. I don't know that he'll ever be a great NFL starting quarterback, but he is a great teammate. He did the right thing, and uh, we'll get to the loser portion of that when you come back around to me. Michael Bork, you give me a winner? Uh, the Detroit Lions and, and just the organization in general. Those fans have been beaten down time after time, and Detroit has obviously had its struggles just as a city for, for quite some time. Can I interject? Do you sure. know how many times they've had to give up their Thanksgiving to watch a loss? I know. I Carry mean, on. And they show up every single week do they show up, and finally they have been rewarded with the playoffs and a really, really, really good team. And going to be kind of a weird environment with Matt Stafford making his return as well. I mean, a guy that played there for a long time and played really, really well and, and did right by the city, so it's not like there's going to be an atmosphere of violence when – Matt Stafford's on the other side, but um, I, I love when fan bases that have been so beaten down for so long stick with it and get rewarded like this. I just hope that they get a playoff win uh, on top of all of the waiting that they've done for years. I'm going to drop another one in from the C Spire text line simply because I don't want to forget and see this one scroll down. Russ and Tupelo says, winner Raisin Brand. Feel free to see message board geniuses on Twitter for an explanation if you would uh, if you would like to do so. Borky was correct. What a great username, Obi Wan Jabroni. Like that's a great username. Ay, 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 I still ay, think ay, it's ay. you though. Uh, Sadly, no. Goodness, 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 goodness. Um, also, winner. decorative urns are winners this weekend. Apparently, <laughs> Josh undefeated. Allen. Well, yeah, that one was that urn was defeated. Ultimately, yeah, but it took outside interference. It it, it did. <laughs> it wasn't you know in the one in the one on one matchup. It won. The difference in playing at home in Buffalo, where the Bills have a decided advantage, and having to go on the road in the wild card round of the playoffs, came down to last night's game. And by the way, on the road would have been back to the exact same place they were. They would have gone back to Miami to take on the Dolphins once again in a wild card game just a week later. But Josh Allen, after a really poor first half of football, he just wasn't good. Had a fumble, 
had a couple of interceptions. I guess one of the interceptions was in a third in the third quarter. I think his early touchdown pass was batted into the air, and if not for a ridiculously acrobatic toe tap catch in the back of the end zone, it wouldn't have been. And after the punt return for a touchdown for Buffalo, Josh Allen. He, he looked like the quarterback that belonged in a big situation. He's the one. Uh-oh. Might want to change our pick. If you're, if you're thinking Washington, Blake Corum just striding into NRG Stadium with a belt buckle the size of Brian Haydad's head and a 10-gallon cowboy hat. That man is coming to work tonight for Michigan. I digress. I was already picking Michigan. I know you were. I know you were. Uh, but Josh Allen, big moment. And uh, was a winner, literally and figuratively, last night. Any other winners? I I, I got one more for you I'll, I'll throw out. I want to be careful here. Pat McAfee, winner? You're familiar with the song, I Fought the Law and the Law Won? Well, Pat McAfee kind of fought the law and and he won. Went off by name? on upper-level management at ESPN on his Friday show. It took Twitter by storm. And then a day later, two days later, I guess it was, was Indianapolis. Indianapolis was Saturday night, weren't they, the Colts game? Yeah, it was Saturday night. A day later, he and his entire crew from the Pat McAfee show are on the field in a suite, and the number two person at ESPN is there, and they're all smiling and taking a picture. And then you have McAfee hosting his show on site at the national championship game today and doubles down on his comments. And now after Reese Davis introduces college game day from the national championship, the uh, first voice you hear is Pat McAfee's with belt buckle and cowboy hat firmly in place. That guy has got major, major stroke right now. At ESPN and anywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. Like him or not, he is on top with all the leverage. Any other winners? That. There, that's, yeah. Got losers. Oh, do we? Go ahead, Borky. Just take us right into no, the break. Hey, hey, Dad can start because he teased it already, and I, I'm going to piggyback off of it. Dennis Allen. First off, why he's not fired right now, I don't know. I guess the Saints are just happy moving along, going 9-8 and eight and missing the playoffs again next season. Uh, your team respects you so little that they were just like, nah, nah, dog, we're going to call whatever play we want to call. And they did, and I think that's the right, right call. But, you know, if, if that's the case, you handle that in the locker room. All right? Like, hey, that's not what we call us on how we do business. You don't get out there and throw those guys under the bus and 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 apologize to the coach of your rival for for taking a, another score there. I'm just going to tell you right now, Jeff Levy ever apologizes for running the score up on Ole Miss? Fire him! I don't care what his record is. I don't care if he's 12 and 0 after that game. They're your rival. You've got to beat them as badly as you can. Your fans were loving it. You had a chance to 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 get some cred if he had come out there and been like, you know what? If they didn't like it, maybe they should have stopped it. Maybe, you know, but that's not, that's not my job to stop, to stop scoring. My job is to put points on the board. Everybody would have been like, yeah, great. Way to go, Dennis. Instead, you do that. And everybody's like, just, just in the misery. I wish he was fired today. Unfortunately, he's not. 
I think they're all losers. I, I think that the the team, specifically Jameis, is a loser for defying his head coach. And I think the head coach is a loser for having a team that so blatantly and carelessly defies your play call and order. Everybody involved is bad. And only you, only the Saints can screw up a dominating win over the Falcons to end the, the, a season. Only they can screw that up. But having so little control over your team that they laugh in your face, essentially, while they do this, that's a loser. But also, you're a professional. Do what your coach tells you to do. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi continues. Well, there's some winners and losers. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? That's how we separate the two categories. Really simple. You can send us yours on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. I do have one more winner. Dak Prescott. Yesterday he was 31 of 36 throwing the football. Fourth game with at least an 80% completion percentage this year. First quarterback in NFL history with four games in a season, completing 80 or more percent of his passes with a minimum of 30 attempts. That's uh, that's really, really good. Cowboys win the division, and they will be hosting a game this coming weekend. Um, did, did you two need more time on your Saints losers, or did you cover it? No, I mean, no we're good. That, that's the gist of it. I mean, it's just it's all bad. It, it is all bad. I mean, whew, all bad. Yeah. Um, and in otherwise, the last five weeks of the year, they played well, like locked in and played well and, and protected Carwell and he distributed the football well and like the team looked good by the end of the year and then that happens. So Dennis Allen, his press conference day, was asked about, you know, have you lost the locker room? Is there a disconnect between you and the players? And he said, no, look at the way they played the last five weeks. And on one hand, you know, that, that's a valid thing to say because they played well for you. But also, they defied your direct order and then have all taken to social media to support the guy that defied your direct order. The entire team is like, I love Jameis, great teammate, I would die for him. Love what he did. All of them. I mean, every player on the team is like, Jameis did right. And that wasn't addressed at all today. Not at all. And the front office isn't going to do anything about it. He's coming back. The, the, the entire team defied a head coach and are laughing about it. And they're not going to do anything about it. Nothing's going to happen. Doesn't that happen on a fairly regular basis, though? We just don't know about it publicly. Well, the the coach decided to make it public by, as Haydad said, apologizing for scoring on your rival while also throwing your players and blaming the entire thing on them. What you do, or what you should do, is address it privately and wear it, is what you should do. You're the head coach. you got to wear that. And then you pull Jameis aside and say, what the were you doing? 
What is wrong with you? That's why you're not a starter in the NFL, Jameis. That's why a team's not going to sign you. That's why they haven't signed you. That's why the Bucks have made the playoffs three years in a row since you left. That's why you do that privately. Publicly, as a coach, you wear it. I'm trying to think how that would be received in the locker room. Because I get the impression, based on the reaction that you guys were talking about, Saints players think a whole lot more of Jameis Winston than they do of their head coach. Right, but that's why and you pull said, him aside. Yeah, but if privately. he says that, does he then lead a mutiny in the locker room of Dennis Allen? Well, Jameis is gone anyway. That was his last game. He's a free agent. Now, I guess they could, in theory, bring him back, but yeah, doesn't seem likely. Um, let's jump to the ceasefire text line. 601-879-4395. Can you really do anything to professional athletes? Eh. I mean, you can find them. You can bench them. So let's see here. Let's get uh, some of your winners and losers. Loser, NFL making people get Peacock to watch one of the best matchups this weekend. Hashtag say no to Peacock. Hey, Dad, did you double check what you told us earlier today? That it's not, you don't have to subscribe to Peacock. You simply have to have the app and it's free. I, I believe that is the case. I don't think you have to pay for it. I think you just have to have it. I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, winner, Southern Miss men's basketball. Getting their first ranked win in over a decade. Not only doing that, but uh, snapping the winning streak of one of the three at the time remaining undefeated teams in the country. Now there is one, and that one is the Houston Cougars. Forgive me, you have to pay for it. You have to be a paid subscriber to Peacock to watch it. That's a mistake. Yeah. It's like six bucks, yeah. I think. And and look, their hope is it drives subscriptions, and you have a bunch of people that sign up for it, and most of those people just don't go to the hassle of canceling it. Interestingly enough, I was moving. Yeah, that's a problem with Fubo sometimes too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes. No, I was moving a bunch of stuff like. We got a new checking account, and so I was moving auto drafts and was going through a bank statement, making sure of it. And I canceled Peacock, I canceled Paramount Plus, canceled Hulu because I guess that was like the Disney package was in there and just got Disney Plus as a standalone. How are you going to watch your beloved cannons? Boom! Go the cannons. Are they good this year? Uh, I think they're second in the league. Oh, good. Glad to hear it. Maybe third. I'm not sure. Um, my, my beloved Cannons. Uh, yes. Also, the, the same uh, person <laughs> said uh, Southern Miss winner for uh, Tate Rodemaker. Good weekend for yeah, Southern Miss Athletics. That's a good pickup. It just feels like that's a good pickup, right? Now they, they've got to do something. they got to find a way to keep, keep Frank Gore another year. He's got another year if he wants it. they got to find a way. And Here's the thing that this creates. Um, there's no more excuses. I mean, the quarterback position, I know there's been injuries nah. and stuff, but th- there's also been some misevaluations. If if this guy flops, then you kind of feel like the story's been written. Yeah. It's year four. I mean, in year four, you're either winning or you're, or you're getting fired. Nobody's, nobody's getting a fifth year after back-to-back losing seasons in year three, year four. 
But it is a good pickup. Sorry to be the downer. It's just that, that's, a, that's a really good pickup. That's how you can use the portal to your advantage. So that's Southern Miss fan that every time Ole Mr. State gets a commitment, he comes in here mad because they bought a player. Well, well, buddy, you are now getting a Power 5 quarterback. So you played the game too. I promise you Florida State would like to have him still on their roster. I know he's not going to start there. It's a little bit different. But I promise you they don't want to see that depth piece go. But they do now because they of you. They would like to have had him against Georgia. Jeez. Winner. Ole Miss. Loser. Judkins. Okay. But. A little more nuanced than that. Yeah. There's, that's a story that's got layers. Um, loser. Bass Pro Fish Tanks. <laughs> Adam and Baldwin. Loser. The guy skinny dipping at Bass Pro. I hope for his sake he doesn't live in a small town. Because if he lives in a big city, small is an interesting word. Um, hey, I make the off-color jokes around here, buddy. But but he, if he lives in a big Stay metropolitan in your lane, area, he, he can hide, right? He he can just kind of become another face in the crowd. If he lives in a small town, he will be stared at. Every single day as the guy oh, he got that, stared at, that's for sure. He will always be that guy, and he could, he will never overcome that in his small town. Ever. It, never, yeah, ever, I mean, ever, ever. Move to a big city if you live Steve in a small Bartman town. Where does Steve Bartman live? He's still that guy. Is he, when you become that guy, that's not, it's not escaping. At least this guy didn't cost Alabama a championship, though. He just embarrassed himself and his family. And himself. And himself. Oh, man. In, God, in many God, different that ways. Slide is on fire. Um, I'm going to scroll back up to the top the in just a second. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to scroll to the top in a second. Let me get a couple more uh, winners: Tennessee basketball and the Detroit Lions. Yeah, both in in big ways. Winner: Chris Jones. That sack yesterday netted him one and a quarter million dollars in bonus money. Congrats. That is uh, that is very good stuff. Oh, very good stuff. Y'all leave. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Do we have a name? Oh, I'm sure. Nah. I bet you can find it on Facebook real quick. Somebody says leave Girth Brooks alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, these are quality. Winner, Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. That's good, yeah. <laughs> um, but he said it's the new ice water challenge. <laughs> oh, gosh. What happened? Oh, the Internet's going to be your friend. Don't, don't, don't let us be the one to explain it. Just, no, just, we're not, just, we're not just telling search you. Bass yeah. Pro Skinny Dip and you'll have all the reading material that you want. Uh, I just yeah. can't read very many of these. I think um, you can get away with it, but we might get a a, a phone call. I, I, I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna chance it. Okay, it's fair. That's why we need a Patreon. We can have the all the uh, unedited content. This last text is true, though. That guy's a hero. He he boosted the confidence of men all over the world. <laughs> uh, loser Arkansas, who got skull dragged on their home floor. 32-point loss to Auburn at home. Biggest loss in the history of Bud Walton Arena. That's a shame. 
He made a lot of guys feel like they could walk around their house like Ric Flair the next morning. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Somebody says Florida man, Woo! and yet this was Alabama man. Woo, indeed. We're back. <laughs> Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Thanks, as always, for participating in Winners and Losers. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. While I'm not wearing my Genteel Apparel shirt or quarter zip right now, and there's a very good reason, I have it here. I actually wore it to the studio, so I'll I'll hold it up. My Genteel quarter zip went with the... uh, the the light green today got the Super Talk logo on there. There it is, somewhere in there. It's a great one. Yeah, big big fan. Uh, it, it felt like a uh, a momentous day to wear the Jackrabbits sweatshirt. Yeah, I tell you what, make it wearing this sweatshirt makes me feel like a hundred bucks. Mmm, makes kind me of, feel like a. That's not a great value. You feel like you feel like you should want to feel like you you're more. Uh, well, you know. Yeah. For, for example, this maroon and white genteel polo I'm wearing makes me feel like a million bucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, uh, we probably didn't need to wager that much. <laughs> a million? Yeah. No, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have wagered that. I mean, we could have done have... it, and then I could have just made fun of you for welching on a bet. Yeah, which I would have because I, I don't have a million dollars. So, we could have set up a payment uh, plan. Yeah, I wish we could have. Uh, I saw, I saw, a, I was listening to a podcast, and then the next time we have like a real serious bet, because that, that, that bet, I mean, I didn't know one way or the other, right? I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of conviction well, for Montana. I just went along with it because what the heck. But they made a, this podcast. They made a bet, and the loser had to spend a thousand dollars right then. Oh, don't call your wife. Don't, don't do it. You, you get on your, get on your laptop. And make a thousand dollar purchase right then. Hold that thought just for a second. You can visit yeah. Genteel online at genteelapparel.com. Check out their great collegiate collection apparel. Your favorite school, probably there on the website. Genteelapparel.com, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, carry on. If you had to spend a thousand dollars right now, let's just say that that had been the ter- those had been the terms of our bet, and I was like, hey, Dad. You have to spend a thousand dollars. Go. Mm-hmm. What What would the purchase have been? Probably buy a grill. Mm. Buy a really nice grill. How um, How angry or not angry would uh, would Mrs. Haydad be when you got home and, and very you angry? Her, so there's good news and there's bad news. The bad Who news is. The bad news is I lost a bet and it cost me a thousand dollars. The good news is it's actually two pronged. So stay with me. I didn't actually have to give a thousand dollars to somebody else. And do you know how good I'm going to be able to cook for you now? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And they did it the way they did it on that. Like you couldn't even buy anything. They, they set it up where you couldn't even buy anything worthwhile. 
Like I think they made the guy buy like some some Buddha statue to put in the front of his house or something. It was it was rough. <laughs> oh, so you don't just get to spend a thousand dollars. You have to buy. No, you just get to spend it. Yeah, it was like I mean, not the, yeah. the, 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 the winner. Some, the winner of the bet got crap, to. Yeah. The, the the winner of the bet basically got to pick. Oh, I got I get bought. to pick what you spend a thousand dollars on. Yeah, yeah. But I get the feeling the Grove Collective will be getting a little sum from me if, in my name. <laughs> oh, that would be something there. You had to put a thousand dollar donation to the other team's NIL in your name. It's got to be in your name. But I tell don't you think I wouldn't have Charlie Cross or Charlie uh, Charlie Winfield tweet. Want to thank Richard Cross for his generous donation. Mm-hmm. That would be the first order of business. I tell you what I'll do. Hey, Dad. Uh-huh. I'll I'll give you a chance to win your money back. If it's good that it's not gonna, I'll just give you hundred bucks. No, 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 not that no, big no. Deal. No, I mean I could just make the donation in your honor. So I'm you I'm could. up a hundy. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll give you a double or, or nothing opportunity on the national championship game tonight using the Vegas points for it. And I'll take whichever side you don't enough. want. Whichever side you don't want, nah, I'll take I'm, the other. I, I I don't have I don't have a good enough feel for it. So no. It's not the content machine we needed it to be. I didn't need you turning well, down. Well, I understand that, but I'm just, yeah. I'm just not. I'm just, I didn't have a good feel for the last one either. I just, nah, I'm just not. No. Nah. All right, all right. I tried. Um, let's talk some basketball. Mississippi State at South Carolina. We'll just start sure with them since they were to. the earlier tip off. Do, do do we have to? Yeah. Aside from Southern Miss, which yeah. again. Shout out to Southern yeah, Miss. Yeah, really cool win in Hattiesburg. But, Absolutely, we've got to. But the other two, do we have to? Uh, State was down two at the half, down 30 to 28 at the half. And uh, they get outscored by four in the second half, 68 62. Had a chance with the ball down two or tied mm-hmm. at the end? Down two. Down two. And there was a turnover there um, for Mississippi State. Three players in double figures. Shaq Moore had 10. Uh, Josh Hubbard had 13. And Tolu Smith had 13 points with four rebounds. Played 20 minutes in the game. Again, came off the bench. Got in big foul trouble in the second half. Well, what's the story here, Aiden? Well, first off, the thing that that was the most surprising is how badly South Carolina beat up Mississippi State on the boards especially the offensive boards. They, they had a, a ton of offensive rebounds, which turned into a ton of second-chance points. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a crazy stat. 15 offensive rebounds is, is a lot. There's another um, game we'll talk about later where the opponent had more. Well, and then I thought, you know, Tolu not starting was surprising. I felt like, you know, first game back, all right, get his feet wet and go from there. But, again, coming off the bench, I think that I, I think that's messing. I think that messed with him a little bit. He played well, but it, it doesn't feel like – it feels like he needs to be starting, and then Hubbard, Hubbard, and and, uh, and Tolu are really the only two that State can, can kind of rely on for offense right now. Um, State really in this game, especially, looked like last year's team plus Josh Hubbard. You know, and, and that's something that you know if you go back to the, the non conference, Deshaun Davis and Shaq Moore have been better shooters. Jimmy Bell have been giving you quite a bit. Bell, I don't think had a, had any rebounds in this game, which is I mean, the guy's almost seven feet tall and didn't have a rebound in this game. Um, so just so, I mean, they got pushed around. That was an opportunity to get a quad one win. You've got all these tough games to start conference play. That, that was one you felt like you, you could have won. The first 
17 minutes of the first half, you're thinking, okay, State's going to win this game going away. And then once South Carolina started hitting some three-pointers, that they, they, State could never get back on top and then tried to come from behind the entire uh, second half and just came up short there at the end. So a disappointing loss for sure. Missed opportunity? Is that the best way to classify it? Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. I have a chance to get a quad one road win, and, and you, you, you botched it. And the upcoming schedule is, it's hard. I mean, I don't want to say favorable, not favorable, whatever. Um, State hosts Tennessee on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. They host Alabama next Saturday. And then mm-hmm. they go to Kentucky next uh, next Wednesday. Those are the next three yeah. for Mississippi State before returning home to host Vanderbilt. It, it's, right. you know, it, what what looked like a stretch where should be able to go two and two, maybe three and one in the first four to start the uh, start the season, has you in a spot where you're like, yeah, this could be. He's got to get one at this point. Yeah. I mean, they're all yeah. quad one games. So, you know, those are good. That's good news. But you need to be able to win at least one of them. I think your best chance is Alabama Saturday uh, when, you know, students will be back. So it should be a packed house. Uh, Alabama has, I think, lost five. Did they win on Saturday? I didn't see. They did. They did. So they have five losses on the year. Closer than thought it would be. They have five losses on the year. All of their losses are quad one. So they've played good teams. They just haven't been able to get over the hump with them. Uh, so hopefully that's one state can get. And then of course this game, you know, uh, Wednesday night is a big one. State played Tennessee close at home last year. The game in Knoxville was a blowout, uh, that where Tennessee won. Tennessee, they gotta find a way. They gotta find a way uh, to get one of these wins. Tennessee number five in the net, Alabama number six in the net. You want to see states yeah. net skyrocket? Win one of those two. Win both of those two. Yeah. Holy cow. I yeah. mean, shoot up. In the top ten probably. Uh, as it is, Mississippi State fell not at all. They they're, thir- they're still 32. They're at 32. So, um, we'll see. That's on Wednesday night. We'll obviously talk more about basketball tomorrow and Wednesday as we get toward a, uh, a couple of pretty big ball games. Uh, we'll spend more time on this on the other side of the break, but Ole Miss went on the road and lost as well. Game was competitive for a while. It was a six, it was 31 25. And that was fairly late in the first half. And then Tennessee hit a three right before the buzzer. And two the, threes with uh, inside of 30 seconds before the half. It was a three-point game, and then it ended up being a nine-point game. So 40-31 to 31 was the halftime deficit. It could have been, to your point, a whole lot closer than that. And then Tennessee just demolished Ole Miss in the second half. Outscored them fifty to thirty-three in the second half of the game, en route to a uh, to a big overall win, ninety to sixty-four. So Ole Miss starts SEC play on one first loss of the season for the Rebels. Let's talk more about this game, how it unfolded, and what Ole Miss has got to do to get better, and how quickly that has to happen when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Did you hear me? This 
Texas Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Fans starting to fill in at NRG Stadium for 6.30 kickoff tonight. Do we know who's singing the national anthem tonight for the national championship game? Have you guys seen that anywhere? No. I mean, I know it's not as big a deal as national anthem at the uh, at the Super Bowl, but I was scrolling through. Don't ask. National anthems on YouTube the other night, and I stumbled across last year's national. Do you guys remember who sang the national championship game national anthem last year? No. Was it Chris Stapleton? No, I was Super that was Bowl. Super Bowl, and it was spectacular. No, it was Pentatonics, and they were great. Uh, yeah. It's just the bands. Really? If I'm reading this right, hold on. Oh, this is a halftime show. Never mind. Hold on. Uh, Fantasia is singing the national anthem. Is that a Disney character? I'm, no, that was a v- Disney movie. Uh, oh, she won a, a season of uh, American Idol, season three. Oh, if I'm okay, if I'm reading this right, yeah, maybe some ties to Houston or something. I I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. Nope, born in North Carolina. All right. Um, so, Tennessee 90-64 to over Ole Miss. Rebels were led by Jamin Brakefield with 22 points on 7 of 8 shooting, including 2 of 2 from behind the arc. They got 11 out of Jalen Murray, 10 out of um, Allen Flanagan, and that was it in terms of double-digit scores. Jamarian Sharp, I mean, the, the bigs are a problem, Borky, when you look at these two. And I don't mean like overall. But Jamarian Sharp plays eight, almost 19 minutes. He has two points and two rebounds. And Musa Cisse plays for twenty, almost 23 minutes, and he has two points and five rebounds. Which combined is seven rebounds, which is one fewer than the shortest guy in their rotation. Murray had eight rebounds. Their seven-foot guy and seven-foot guy combined – didn't have eight rebounds. Tennessee, absolutely. And look, I mean, it was on the road in front of 22,000 people. Tennessee is really, really, really good. Uh, Ole Miss is not. Uh, they're certainly improved. They were 13-0 for a reason. Chris Beard is taking that program very quickly in the correct direction. But athletically, I mean, they, they couldn't match up with Tennessee, understandably so. But rebounding the basketball has been an issue for them all season long. And Tennessee's not the only long and athletic team that you're going to see in league play. So I'm not smart enough to know how to fix it. Uh, That's up for Chris Beard to figure out and the players to figure out. But when you give up 19 offensive rebounds, 19 offensive rebounds, you're not winning a game if that becomes who you are. Agreed. But they're not going to do that over and over. They, they're, they're not for that loss. They will figure things out. They will get better. But to your point about teams being long and athletic, the team that they are going to see next falls into that category as well. Talking about the Florida Gators, um, and that's a Florida team who 
had a late lead against Kentucky at home. But Florida has got some young bigs that are uber-talented, and they are really, really long. Um, Hanlogton, Micah Hanlogton, uh, big, long player. Alex Condon falls into that category. Thomas Houck falls into that category. Florida's got some guys, and uh, they're pretty talented. So, um, big one coming up. I will be really interested, and we won't get this until Wednesday morning, to see what Vegas thinks about the Ole Miss-Florida game, what what the line is on that game, because it'll tell you a lot. Mm-hmm. But you said it during the break, and, and uh, forgive me for, for stealing your, your take, but you, you see how difficult it is to win on the road in college basketball. Home crowds truly actually impact a game. That's not hyperbole. They, they truly actually do. There are no excuses on Wednesday night to not have an incredible environment for Ole Miss. That, that, that team has earned having a huge environment to help them win a game because that's what huge environments in college basketball can do to a team, 100%. They've earned it. Hey, Dad, I could not see the upper deck, and I was only seeing highlights while I was doing a game, but it looked like South Carolina had a great crowd on Saturday. Was that your it impression? It sounded like it, too, yeah. Yeah, it, the, the, you, you were correct, in, uh, and when we had our, our guest on on uh, Friday, he talked about it as well, Alan Cole. He said that the, the, the fan base has really bought into this this team so far. And so, yeah, it was, it was a really good crowd for South Carolina. So South Carolina, big crowd. Florida was packed to the gills against Kentucky. Smaller arena now, Exact Tech Arena is about nine, ten thousand, but it was full. Missouri had, I didn't even look at the final box, but it was nearly full, 14,000 probably. Arkansas packed to the gills to see them lose by 32. Tennessee was packed mm. and raucous. And uh, I haven't looked to see what the crowd was in College Station on Saturday night. I would assume it was pretty good. Vanderbilt's going to be the only one out of that group that was at home on Saturday that didn't have a uh, a great crowd. So it was really cool kind of looking across the league and seeing all of the buildings that were full and, uh, and ready to go. So Ole Miss with Florida up next on Wednesday night for an 8 o'clock tip at the Pavilion. Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour, college football fix coming up next. Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Five o'clock hour, Sports Talk in Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. Thanks for being with us alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort studio, Pearl River Resort, home of the sports book, the Golden Moon Casino. About an hour and a half from kickoff for the national championship game tonight. Still want to get in on the action for that. You've, uh, you still got a little time. Got to get to the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. And uh, the Golden Moon, part of Pearl River Resort. Uh, C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. I've been telling you about it for a while. Connect and protect. That's um, getting your kids the device that they want, but making sure that you have the controls that you need 
to uh, be sure that they are protected online. Parental controls available. You can learn more online at cspire.com. Cspire, customer inspired. We have a national championship game coming up in about an hour and a half. It's time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one today with your local Mississippi Ford dealer. That's buyfordnow.com. Um, we had news that popped just a little while ago. So Ron Roberts, the defensive coordinator at Auburn, is out but not uh, he was not pushed out. He is headed to Florida. Is that correct? Headed to Florida. That is correct. But to be to be the defensive coordinator, I'm assuming to be the co-defensive coordinator with Austin Armstrong, unless he's been let go, and I'm unaware. But that that is the reporting. Is that his title? Florida's so weird, by the way. His title is going to be executive head coach for defense, co-defensive coordinator, and linebackers coach. Okay. It's a lot on a business card. Don't know that anybody actually carries business cards anymore, but if you did, it'd be a lot. But think about this for a second. So most everybody believes that Billy Napier is on a flaming hot seat going into this year. They also play the most difficult schedule in college football. They've lost a lot of guys to the portal. Doesn't look like it's a particularly great situation in Florida. And he got a co-title. He left Auburn yet- for that. Where there was no co-title. Hugh Freeze, at least I don't believe, is on a flaming hot seat of any kind. Shouldn't be, certainly. He left Auburn for that. Why? Hey, Dad, I'll leave this up to you because apparently I have an obsession with Hugh Freeze, so I'll just let you talk about it. (laughs) Gosh, I want to... I won't, no, I won't, though. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't quite understand the thought process behind it because, as you said, Michael, uh, Hugh Freeze, despite the Auburn crazies uh, talking about how disappointing this year was, everybody knew this year was going to be tough for them. Um, he seems to be recruiting okay. And I thought Auburn defensively this year at times was, was pretty good. Um, so I don't know why you would force them out, but... That's where you, that's kind of where you are then with, with the thought. And, and then to go to Florida where, you know, like you said, issues abound, uh, in, in Gainesville. Not, not really. It, it is a head scratching move to say the least. So who were we watching for defensive coordinator at Auburn? Well, according to Justin and I, I my apologies if I mispronounced the name Hokutson. Uh, who covers Auburn for On3 Sports. On3 is this new website I keep talking about. Uh, the two names that he had listed are former Ole Miss defensive lineman coach Chris Kiffin, who, co- of course, uh, coached under Freeze, and former Mississippi State defensive coordinator and head coach Zach Arnett. That is an interesting two candidates, if those names are accurate. Okay, so Zach Arnett does not have a job that I'm aware of right now. Correct. And so that one would make some sense. Chris Kiffin is an NFL assistant coach, now with the Houston Texans, 
So he joined first-year head coach D'Amico Ryan's staff. Houston is in the playoffs, which means they can't talk to him immediately. And, oh, by the way, Chris Kiffin decided not to come back to college football to be on his brother's staff at Ole Miss, but he's going to go back to join the staff of a guy he coached with when he kind of got saddled with some of the NCAA issues while Hugh Freeze skated? And he's currently the linebackers coach for one of the most fun teams in the NFL, the Houston Texans? Yeah. You, You don't have to recruit your own players. You don't have to worry about the transfer portal. You don't have to worry about renegotiating with your own players, and you never have to call and flirt, man flirt with a 16-year-old to try to get him to come play for you? Yeah, that's that's who we're talking about. Ron Roberts, of course, the former head coach at, uh, at Delta State, was defensive coordinator at Baylor on Dave Aranda's staff. Ole Miss and, fans uh, remember a Ron Roberts coach defense in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, he did did a pretty good job with that group. And did a good job at Auburn this year, honestly. So he left Delta State to be the head coach at Southeastern Louisiana, then became the defensive coordinator uh, in Lafayette for a couple of years, spent three seasons at Baylor as defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, and this year was the defensive coordinator at Auburn. And he's now headed to Florida. Hmm. I wonder if that is a sign that Billy Napier, maybe it was just improving his coaching staff and and thinks Ron Roberts is really, really good. I wonder if that means he thinks that Austin Armstrong needs a little help. It's possible. He's very young. Very Very good, but very young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, What an interesting uh, move there. That. I just, uh, on the surface, from from the 30,000-foot view, I I don't know if I would want to hitch my wagon to Billy Napier right now, as much as, as highly as I think of him, both with personal bias, because I watched him play and play well in college as a fan growing up, and then also because I think he's a really good coach, and Florida's a more difficult job than people want to give it credit for. But I, I don't know if I would uproot myself to go there, considering what they're up against this year. Well, if you're infinitely hireable, you don't mind moving, and you got a multi-year deal, then it's probably not the worst thing. And he is infinitely hireable. I think that the track record for Ron Roberts is good enough that even if it doesn't work out at Florida, he will find another spot and do so quickly. Especially if he got multi, got a multi-year guarantee. So, um, there's another defensive coordinator move in the SEC, and this was a good one. LSU poaching from in the league, they hire Blake Baker away from Missouri where he did a really good job this past season, had already accepted an extension and a raise with Missouri. He was going to make $2 million a year at Missouri, reportedly getting $2.5 million at LSU, making him the highest-paid coordinator in the country. And by the way, um, a really nice kind of farewell tweet from uh, Eli Drinkwitz. Saw no sarcasm in that. Basically said, we've had a lot of success together. Congratulations. Good luck. Go get them. I don't think there was any sarcasm there, was there? Certainly didn't look like it, no. I mean, it felt pretty genuine. A good hire for LSU. 
Yeah. Um, LSU is not on Mississippi State's schedule. So if you're an Ole Miss fan, frankly, you, you hate to see it. I mean, I think he's really, really good. Yeah. Um, he did do the Wolf of Wall Street, I'm not leaving thing a few weeks ago, though. Well, he wasn't at that point. But that was it. Did not particularly age well, but $2.5 million a year is $2.5 million a year. So, National championship game tonight in Houston, Texans, uh, Texas. The Washington Huskies and the Michigan Wolverines. It's kind of weird not having an SEC team in the championship game. First time since 2014. Well, kind of weird seeing Will Rogers on the sidelines in a purple and gold jersey, but he is there. Yeah. That's, um, Borky and I were talking about that during the break. He was saying it's kind of odd looking and something you can do, right? I mean, you get guys in the transfer portal and they're in school, then they can travel with the team well, I mean, to the uh, postseason game. Yeah. They, they, they let anybody on the sidelines. So, I mean, yeah. I wonder if Connor Stallions is going to be at this game like he was the Rose Bowl. There is no way he's not at this game. No way. I mean, somebody I mean, Dave Portnoy paid for integral, his ticket. Yeah, I mean, somebody that's been such an integral part of the success of the team on the field, of course he's going to be there. So NFL media is, I mean, just they are, Harbaugh will be in the NFL next year. That That is the tone in which they are reporting on it on this Black Monday at this point, that one of those jobs is going to go to him. We'll see if that comes true, because we've heard that before, and it didn't. Yeah. That's your college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Check them out, buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford tough. You can test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. The Sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. Justin Tupelo says Harbaugh to Atlanta. There are five openings currently in the NFL. The Atlanta Falcons are one of them. They part ways with Arthur Smith after another season without a trip to the playoffs. The Carolina Panthers are open. They also fired the GM today. The Raiders are open and have been for a while. The Los Angeles Chargers are open. And the uh, Washington Commanders parted ways with Ron Rivera. And so that job is open as well. Commanders went 4-13 and this year. Chargers went 5-12. and Raiders 8-9. and Panthers 2-15. and Falcons 7-10. and Which of those five jobs is most attractive? This may sound weird. Washington? New ownership, feels like he'll want to make a big splash. Go out and get some players. New stadium coming soon. Feels like feels like there's a chance for new beginnings there. Maybe you can be at the beginning of that. What do you think about Justin Herbert? Well, I would say that's the He's reason really good. the Chargers are attractive. 
Yeah, if, if you're if you're a believer in Justin Herbert, then that's probably the job. But if you're not, because that that's the issue. That that's the issue that the Panthers have. Which uh, it's not exactly fair to judge Bryce Young, but man, even with not great personnel around him, he is not anywhere close to being ready. I mean, the game is so fast for him. I mean, it's brutal. Um. The, the Falcons have serious quarterback issues. They've got to go get one because they don't have the guy on the roster. Sam Howell's been awful down the stretch uh, in Washington. He's gotten benched and not benched and benched a handful of times. But as a coach, also, if you have a bad team, you get the opportunity to draft your replacement, except for the, the Panthers. That's the worst available job right now is the Panthers. Yes, that's the worst one. Bad ownership, worst team in the league, and you can't pick your quarterback. Yeah. Which I'm not convinced that Bryce is a bust. No, but you can't even pick to help him either. Like, you can't even go get a left tackle to help him out. You can't go get the wide receiver. You don't have the pick to go, to use to go get him. To go get him the help, I mean. Is the next coach of the Falcons getting a quarterback? He got Desmond Ritter. Maybe. Talking about Bill Belichick? Hmm. You think? I, I mean, that's what the, the rumor mill is, is is churning that way. Same thing. With as long the as he's not bringing two thousand eight. As long as he's not bringing two thousand eight Tom Brady with him, I think we'll be okay down there. It, I, think, it, I think that lesson has been learned. It, it was definitely Brady. His record is really stinky uh, without Brady. It's bad. Apparently, Washington's enamored with that possibility as well. Um, I mean, the Titans could come open because if Belichick does move on, there's talk that Vrabel would be the replacement for him, which would be a heart play. And I don't know if you should do heart plays in the NFL, but that's what that would be. It's a weird time right now. Yeah. I know the Titans missed the playoffs, but overall the results of Vrabel with Tennessee, pretty good, right? Pretty good. They haven't gotten quarterback right. And that's really hard to do, of course. But yeah, I mean, you you see the difference that one quarterback does for a team. What what was since? And I know they got the coach right as well. But what was Cincinnati before Burrow? Right, they get Burrow, and suddenly they're a contender. I mean, just one you get one position right, and suddenly you become a contender. I mean, what was Houston pre CJ Stroud? Yeah, that roster shouldn't be where it is right now. But you, you get that one right. And you got a chance. Pretty happy for Tunsil, too. He's played on some awful, awful, awful teams in the NFL. And he's finally on a good one. Yeah, People are finally recognizing the, the kind of special talent that he is because people are actually watching the team that he plays for. Very different atmosphere, but that's going to be two really good atmospheres in the same building in the course of six days. Houston with the home playoff game. Yeah. And national championship tonight. That's um, it's pretty good, pretty good short stretch for NRG Stadium. Really, really cool. Um, so we we say that the Panthers is the least attractive. Got to be easily, easily. The Raiders have got some pieces, don't they? Sounds like they might yeah. promote from within as well. That what Pierce may get that job. I mean the the. 
I know the players don't control everything, but if you go away from him, you're really going to have to make sure that you can sell the new guy to them because they think that and, and they played really well after McDaniel's got fired too. Played really well. Yeah, and and you've got some of their star players lobbying for not only Antonio Pierce to get the head job, but for Champ Kelly to remain as the general manager, who's kind of been in that role. Um, oh, sorry to interrupt. We have a roof leak, a very small one at NRG Stadium right now. Water is dripping from the roof and uh, and hitting the sideline there. Saw my handsome young son Ben Portnoy reporting that. You know the good news is eh, it doesn't really matter. You can still play a football game with the rain. Yeah, it's not like it's hardwood. Insert your jokes here. I'll just you know, ha ha ha. They were funny. Thank you, Tad Smith Coliseum. I have a feeling that NRG Stadium cost a little bit more to build than Tad Smith Coliseum. I just I would. I was well, in, I, mean, I mean, you know, you take inflation into account. Yeah, I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah, weather bad in Houston. It has been. They got a tornado watch that uh, is in effect until nine o'clock tonight. We've seen that before. Live event affected by. Bet this wouldn't happen at the Rose Bowl. (laughs) You 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 are making me go to weather.com to see what the weather is in Pasadena, California, right now. You know it's good. You know it's good. It feels like there's a good chance, doesn't it? It's 58 and zero uh, percent precipitation. I'm looking at 60 currently. There yeah. you go. That's uh, pretty good. That's uh, that's pretty good. And I mean, in the next little bit, you would have a sunset over the uh, San Gabriel Mountains. Oh man! I mean, I like Houston. I've been to Houston. It's a fine city. Mm. It's really spread out, though. N- not exactly a place that. <laughs> this reminded me of, of Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump. There. I've been to Little Rock. It's a fine town. Yeah, Houston's fine. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of money there. There's a lot of stuff to One do. One of my favorite barbecue restaurants is in Houston. Yeah? Yeah, Killin' Smokehouse. Mm, so good. But am I crazy for thinking that that's... Uh, among the venues for the college football national championship, that's pretty low on my list of where I would host the game. I still like it where they they connected them to a bowl game. So, you know, instead of being, if they're going to be in Texas, they should be in Arlington, you know, connected to the Cotton Bowl and so on and so forth. Well, you got the Tax Act Bowl the, right here. The, the yeah, Tax well, Slayer, or Tax Act Texas Bowl. Tax Act, Tax, tax Act Texas Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Who could forget? All right, so 2015, first year of the college football playoff was in North Texas, Jerry's World. 2016, it was in Arizona at uh, whatever the name of that stadium is now. They don't need to play postseason games on that field if it's going to keep doing what it's doing. Yeah, they've had field issues there. 2017 was Tampa. so They played it outdoors in Tampa in 2017. 2018 was Atlanta. That was the old stadium. Home of the College Football Hall of Fame. Now they've got a brand-new venue. Cool with that. Was Mercedes-Benz in 2018, or was it still the Georgia Dome? It was Mercedes-Benz. It was like the first year, right? Yeah, it was new, but yeah. 2019 was the Bay Area, Levi Stadium. Yeah. 2020 was New Orleans. So that was following the 2019 season. That was LSU Clemson in New Orleans. 
I was at that one. That was um, 2021 was Miami. Bum deal for Miami getting it following the COVID season. 2022 was Indianapolis. And then last year, Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. And do we have future cities yet? Not that I know of. You know, I think if you did have it at the Rose Bowl one year, they would only have it once because all the the people who don't go to a lot of college football games would go crazy because there's not all the amenities. The the Wi-Fi is probably not great. You know, diehard fans would love it, but... The average fan who does, or not, not even the average fan, the average person who goes to this game because they get corporate tickets would not. I don't see that it's been announced beyond this year. Maybe I should know that. Uh, oh, yeah, January, uh, well, Hard Rock Stadium in January of 2026. Buffalo, let's do it. Um, Cleveland. They have not yet announced where it's going to be next year, but they did announce Miami for 2026. That's weird. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Like, I feel like we should be at the national championship game. We spend so much time on college football, and I'm just looking at, like, all these different people from ESPN are there. And obviously it's their event, so they fly everybody in, and they have all the different analysts and all the different angles covered. Whew. We just Such need a cool event. to have our teams make the playoff because they can now. Yeah. By the way, 2025 national championship game in Atlanta. So – Back to Atlanta next season. Atlanta will be the first city to have hosted the game twice. And then they go to Miami in 2026. So those are the first two championship venues for the 12-team college football playoff. like it. Good news for Ole Miss fans. Short trip to Atlanta. Hey, there. I see you cut your eyes before raising your eyebrows there. Just messing with you. There you are. Um, a couple of people have pointed out uh, Ole Miss has made it official, or Diego Pounds, I suppose, has made it official. The tackle from North Carolina has committed to Ole Miss, so transfer portal addition there. And we've been talking Elite about... name for an offensive lineman. I know, right? Diego Pounds. Yeah, so great, great offensive line name. Pounds will be blocking for Dart the quarterback, who will be handing it off to Ulysses Bentley the fourth, the running back. And we'll be names. throwing the ball to Juice. <laughs> to, to, to quote the Colonel Jack, uh, to quote uh, Jack Horner, those are great names. Great names. They, they needed offensive line help, though. That that was... Yeah, and 
That's exactly where I was going to go with that. I mean, there was all the high-profile stuff, had a bunch of pieces on the defense. You, you add Juice Wells, as you alluded to just a second ago. This was the next step, right? I mean, Ole Miss needed to start adding offensive linemen, and this is a great first step uh, in picking up a, an experienced starter from the Power 5 level. Yeah. And I would imagine that they do not intend to be done yet. does not appear that uh, they are done Um you know, a lot of people have said, and they're right, that the, the Georgia game for them was eye-opening because of how much better Georgia was than they were at the line of scrimmage. And so uh, they have spent a lot, frankly, on the line of scrimmage on defense. And I have no idea what Diego Pounds commands in salary, but probably worth it considering the talent and experience. They have just they have got to get better in the trenches, and they are addressing it one by one, but it's a necessity. Hey, Dad, uh, State added a transfer portal player today as well on the defensive side. Yeah, Auburn transfer Wilkie Denod. I think that's correct, or Denode. I don't know Great for sure. Great uh, name. Once we learn how to pronounce okay. it anyway. It'll be fine, yeah. Uh, Four-star offense, our defensive lineman, uh, redshirted last year, had some off-the-field issues uh, that I think played into the decision to redshirt him. Uh, so he's left Auburn and is now will be headed to Mississippi State. State needs defensive players, and so they, they added one today. Anybody else over the weekend? No. Uh, you know, After we went off the air Friday, we talked about uh, Kevin Coleman and Stone Blanton. Uh, State, State brought in a lot of guys, but Denote is the first one to commit from that group. Your title of your podcast was interesting today, Hey Dad. Um, mm-hmm. You're welcome, by the way. Uh, Thank you very much. But, it. um, a lot of talk about a lack of impact defensive players via portal so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they just haven't gotten them for, for whatever reason. And, you know, for a, a team that has a lot of starting jobs available – you know, or certainly at least, you know, the opportunity to compete for starting jobs available. There's not a lot of returning starters. Uh, for a program that we, we've talked about has made some big strides NIL-wise, you, you would think they'd be able to get some of these these impact guys in, and they just haven't. They, they just have not. Um, and I don't know if that's a, a, a sign about the, uh, the the quality of recruiters that you have on that defensive side of the ball, you know, with the, with the three new guys plus David Turner. Or if it, there's a, there's another there's, there's something else, or maybe it's just you know Coleman Hutzler being a first time defensive coordinator. A lot of you know veteran players maybe not want to hitch their wagon to a guy they don't really know anything about. That's a possibility. But yeah, you, you know State needs impact defensive guys, and they just have not been able to to get them thus far. So we'll just have to see if uh, you know what they can do in the second part of the transfer window, and, and when we get to the spring. Uh, obviously, no SEC guys to be had there, but you can still find guys. Um, or if they're just going to go with what they have. You know, there's been a lot of talk from David Turner that he he likes that young group that he has. State redshirted four defensive linemen last year. Uh, you have some guys like Calvin Dinkins and Trevion Williams who've been you know battling injuries, but they're talented guys. So we'll see. You know, Turner is a guy who maybe we you know I should, I should give him a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. He certainly has coached and been a veteran guy and. Talked, you know, recruited top-notch talent through the years. So we'll see if his eye for talent is correct on this one. 
Colmex said something I said earlier about the championship game. I said first time that there has not been an SEC team in the championship game in the playoff era. That is not correct. The first year there was not yeah. an SEC team. That was the year that Ohio State beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. So you had Ohio State-Oregon in 2015, obviously the year is following the season. Yeah, most after, people think that Ohio State beating Alabama was them winning the championship. It wasn't. Uh, it, it, it kind of was. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, they they ran away from Oregon in the uh, in the title game in Dallas. Yeah, because Oregon beat Jameis, who threw the ball backwards in the Rose Bowl. He did. So here's what you, you, you had. Alabama over Clemson in 16. Clemson over Alabama in 17. Alabama over Georgia in overtime in 18. The only overtime national championship game of the CFP era. Only overtime game. Did Tennessee, Ohio State had go to overtime in the first BCS game? Tennessee, Florida State? No, Tennessee, Ohio State. Tennessee beat Ohio State in Tempe, right? In in ninety nine, in the, at the end of the ninety eight season. Yeah, Tennessee's national championship. Yeah, they beat Florida State. Ohio State beat the Miami. Ohio State no, it didn't go into overtime. That's right. That's, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That was a few years later on the so, botched pass interference call. That, but that right, was overtime, right. right? Or no? It was not overtime. Oh wait, the the Miami, yeah, the Miami Ohio State game was overtime. Yes, okay. correct. There we go. Thank you. I just it was groupthink. Appreciate that. There you go. Um, Long time ago, unfortunately. Yeah, Clemson over uh-huh. Alabama in 2019. LSU over Clemson in 2020. That was before the world fell apart. Uh, 2021, Alabama over Ohio State handily. 2022, oh. Georgia over Alabama. 2023, Georgia over TCU. So we'll have a new and we've forgotten something else champion. that's that's happening tonight. And that's we're supposed to get some information, some sort of of commercial or something regarding the EA NCA football game tonight. I mean, the, the reporting says not to expect a trailer, but maybe we can expect you know a date and some information on this game tonight, which is just like crack to me. So yeah, going to take Hawaii to the national championship like I used to do back in the day. That was my there go-to. Go. I, I'd, I'd be Hawaii Randy in Aloha Lord. Stadium, and I'd be a Dominating power. I wonder if Aloha Stadium will still be on there. That's a good point. It shouldn't it's been be. Condemned. They don't play there anymore. Sorry, I just Ooh. shattered the hopes and dreams of your childhood, Borky. Yeah, it's okay. I'll play in the makeshift stadium. It's fun. Oh. Yeah. Or should I pick a new team? Who should I be? That's what San you should Jose do. State. Yeah. I like that. Oh, should, I like that. If the, San Jose if State's a good what one. What if they're on there? What if they're on there as like an FCS team? Could you bump Furman up? To FBS. Oh, if Furman's available. Because they used to do just FCS Southeast. Like, come on. Just put them, just put them in the Sun Belt or Conference USA and go from there. Winning a national championship in Paladin Stadium. Yeah, buddy. But you would play the championship game in that stadium? Well, I would get one playoff game there. There's no way they're giving us a bye yeah. in week one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nobody believes in us. 
Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. Find them online at mtradepark.com. We're getting closer and closer to the start of the spring sports season, which means baseball tournaments and fast-pitch tournaments and soccer tournaments. If you're involved in scheduling, be sure you check out the full schedule of events that's coming to M-Trade Park. That is on their website, mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play M-Trade. You guys excited about this one tonight? I'm thrilled. Yes and no, because A, I'm not sure how good the game's going to be, but B, this is it until August, until September. No, until August 31st. Late August. Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, there'll be week zero before that, but this is the end. It always is bittersweet. Sports Talk Mississippi, we will wrap it up with you coming up next right here in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Junction in the Grove and to the top. Start yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Belt Ford and Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West in Oxford. If you're in the market for a new or a used vehicle, give Belt Ford a chance. Just uh, give them a call or go by and see them and uh, let them help you with your needs, or at least try to help you. They're going to take care of you. Great people, happy to work with you. They will not be pushy. They're not going to try to get you something that, one, you don't like, or two, you can't afford They're going to work with you on the best financing options that are available to get the vehicle that you want, whether it's an F-150 or an Explorer, maybe it's uh, one of the Ford Broncos, so cool, or uh, up the hill at the uh, the Toyota lot. Maybe it's uh, the forever perfect Toyota Camry or a 4Runner or the uh, Toyota Tundra. They'll take care of you at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. Great service department. Not going to forget about you after the sale. They will be there just like they have been for decades and decades and decades in Oxford. BelkFord.net, OxfordToyota.com. Tell them you heard about them on Sports Talk Mississippi. It's Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky with you one last time on this uh, this Monday night national championship game kickoff. 50 minutes from right now. Monochrome uniforms both ways tonight. Washington going all white with the gold helmets. Michigan certainly with their traditional helmets, but going all navy blue. Is that a mistake? I like that. Yes. Michigan's gold pants are iconic. I think. Absolutely are. I think if I now, now I understand people, you know, coaches, players, whoever decides uniforms, do what the players want to do. That's fine. Not going to affect anything about the game. Washington's all white, very clean look. They got purple stripes down the legs, and then like some uh, like just below the shoulder pad, there's kind of a, a sleeve cap with the purple as well, and the gold hats with the purple W on them. 
Michigan, you don't have to describe the the, um, the helmets at all. And then it's just all solid Navy the rest of the way. Yeah. Man, Michigan's fight song makes me feel things. Like, oh, yeah? it, it is. I you think it's the... Victors the, does it for you? Yeah, it does. I don't know why, because, I, I mean, I, I've never really cared for Michigan, but especially now, but, man... When you hear the the crescendo of "Hail to the Victors," if that doesn't make you feel things, then, then you're not alive. I mean, it's just a perfect college football fight song. It's one of, I mean, we live in SEC country, so you kind of recognize all the fight songs in the SEC, some more than others. But outside the SEC, it's one of how many? A dozen that you immediately recognize. You're, oh, that's Michigan's fight song. Notre Dame's. Southern Cows, Michigan's, who else? Especially when they're singing it. Growing up, this was Vicksburg High School's fight song to me. Man, after they score a touchdown in the band, uh, for like a happy band plays the fight song differently than just when they're playing it. So, like, after a touchdown, you get the band to calm down a little bit and play the happy fight song, and there's so much power behind it. It's something. Do you prefer Hail to the Victors or Wake Up the Echoes? Hail to the Victors. Mm. But Wake Up the... I mean, they're both mm. so... They're both so awesome. Or Fight On from Southern Cal. If they didn't play it so much. Yeah, they play it a lot. Also, Rocky Top is phenomenal. They play that too much too, but man, when you got a hundred thousand people singing along song. with the band, no, not the fight song. Down the field fun. is the fight song for Tennessee. But see, you just brought it back into SEC country, though. Yeah, true. I'm saying outside the footprint, using an SEC network term. Who do you recognize just right off? That one, Notre Dame. Yeah. Fight on, for sure. Sports Talk Mississippi. There was uh, there was huge news in the golf world today. After 27 years, Tiger and Nike are splitting. I mean, look. Outside of Jordan and Jumpman, which also was a Nike deal, is there a more iconic branding relationship between an athlete, hey, Dad, and a brand? No. That's it, right? I think I think that's it, yeah. I mean, Shaq never had the staying power with Reebok, and Reebok just kind of faded into oblivion. I mean, if the Reebok pumps were still a thing 30 years later, 20 years later, maybe Shaq and Reebok pump would have been it, but end of an era. No more. Now, what will be interesting, does Tiger still wear, wear red on Sunday with a different logo on his chest? I'm guessing yes, but I don't know. Thanks for being with us. Enjoy the national championship game tonight. For Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.